So many self-proclaimed ministers teach that only faith is important. Most or the majority teach that works are for the most part insignificant and play virtually no role at all in the process of salvation. Most of these self-proclaimed ministers teach that only faith should be the focus. They teach that salvation comes only by grace through faith. But are works important? And what role do they play, if any, in the Christian lifestyle and the whole process of repentance, righteousness, and conversion? And what, if any, spiritual benefits do they offer? And will they play a role in determining whether human beings are judged harshly or favorably? Well, the truth is quite a bit different from what most are being taught. The truth is good works are equally as important as faith when exercised in their proper context. Just as bad works can result in condemnation when judged, good works are an essential part of the journey to salvation and can result in acquittal as opposed to condemnation when judged. Let's study God's word to discover the absolute importance and necessity of good works as part of the Christian faith and lifestyle. Let's begin by going to Matthew chapter 16 verse 27. That's Matthew chapter 16 verse 27. Uh, jot these uh, verses down uh, for future reference if you can't follow along. Now, as it states here, For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. So Christ is emphasizing that he's when he returns, he's coming in the glory of his Father, and he's going to render to every man in accordance with his works. And uh, what is he... Uh, mean when he says he shall reward every man according to his works. Uh, that simply means that good works are going to receive a reward. Bad works are evil can result in condemnation. That is something that is clearly and powerfully outlined throughout the word of God. And I'll have to make that clear to you as we proceed uh, that good works are an essential part of the Christian faith and can result in acquittal and mercy as opposed to condemnation when judged. And the, the, the false doctrine that is being taught by self-proclaimed ministers today, that faith only should be the focus, is a satanic doctrine that is not consistent with the Word of God and is based on one or two verses in the Bible, maybe three, taken completely out of context. You know, But as I've stated on several occasions, the of doctrine or belief system cannot be formed based on one or two verses or three or four uh, in the Bible taken completely out of context. It has to be formed based on the totality of Scripture from Genesis to Revelation as the Bible confirms, justifies, interprets, and supports itself. That is the only way a doctrine or belief system can be formed. Allowing the Bible to interpret itself to do it any other way results in complete an absolute biblical misinterpretation, which is which results in gross deception, which ultimately results in condemnation when judged, because of the the warped, uh, the abominable behavior uh, that that produces, biblically contrasting behavior that that produces, which will be judged harshly. By the way, now let's continue. If you'll follow me to John chapter ten, verse twenty-five, and uh, Jesus answered them. I told you, and you believe not. 
the works that I do in my father's name, they bear witness of me. Now, what is he talking about? In terms of his works. Now, we as Christians, uh, all Christians understand that we ought to be, Christ is to be the example in terms of how we ought to live our lives. And, and Christ is emphasizing that the works bear witness of him. His works bear witness of him. And what works are he, are he talk, is he talking about? Uh, he's talking about the keeping of the commandments, something that Christ kept perfectly. Uh, the word of God as a whole and the love and compassion, the good works that he showed in terms of heal, uh, healing the sick, feeding the poor, uh, casting out demons and, and devils out of people, and so many other good works that Christ did, which was all a part uh, of that uh, living that, that uh, righteous lifestyle. All of it plays a, an important role. And, uh, you know, as these supper, many self-proclaimed ministers teach today, that the focus should be on only on faith you know, but in, momentarily here in a minute, I'll be uh, showing you that faith separate from works is insignificant and works separate from faith is insignificant. What the Bible is emphasizing throughout is the absolute importance of keeping them both in conjunction with one another. Faith without works is dead and works separate from faith uh, don't count for much either. So it's a it's a combination of both. In terms of developing that perfect righteous character, both must be applied. Uh, let's continue. If you'll follow me to uh, John chapter 10, verse 32. And Jesus answered them, many good works, good works, emphasis on good. Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you do you stone me? So they, you know, they had, uh, uh, you know, were about to stone Christ at this particular time at the urging of the uh, the Pharisees and the scribes. You know, and how they had just labeled Christ something terrible and condemned him every chance that they got and lied on him and just made him out to be something that he wasn't, you know. Uh, so Christ was informing them that I've done many good works, you know, as my father has instructed me. And he said, so why are you stoning me? You know, so Christ is emphasizing works here once again. Works, and you'll see that as a common theme throughout the Bible. The absolute importance and necessity of good works is emphasized throughout the word of God. Now, there are, again, one, two, maybe three verses in Scripture uh, that these false ministers take completely out of context to justify that false doctrine of salvation by grace through faith only, emphasizing only, focusing only faith itself. Uh, but the Bible emphasizes uh, that faith without works is absolutely dead. Faith without obedience to the commandments and good works means nothing. All right. Uh, and that would become plain and obvious and, a, and a quite apparent uh, to you as, as, I, as we proceed. Now, let's continue to uh, John chapter 14. Now, this is St. John. We're not, uh, you know, there's St. John and there's the, there's the first, second, and third John. We're in, we're in St. John. As it states here, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Now, Christ is emphasizing here. He's saying, now, believe me that I am in the Father and in the Father in me. He said, if, if you don't believe that, believe the works that I do for the very works sake, the good works is what he's emphasizing. He said that testify of the type of person that I am, my works, my good works, you know, this determines who I really am. And I mean, that's just, you know, that's just a common theme and that's, that's a universal uh, belief and understanding. I mean, uh, you know, love is expressed by works, not by just uh, words. True love is expressed, expressed by action, you know. And this is what's being emphasized throughout the, the Word of God. And again, the, the, the absolute importance and necessity of good works 
is something is 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 powerfully uh, uh, encouraged and commanded throughout the Word of God by Christ Himself, by God, by the apostles, uh, just throughout the Word. Again, you know the the the, the teaching that. Faith should only be the focus and salvation does not come by works. Uh, it was based on one or two verses taken completely out of context, all right, as these false ministers do so often. Now, let's continue. If you'll follow me to John 14, verses, verse 12, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me that the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Emphasis on works once again. Emphasis on works once again. 2.16. Now this is the particular verse that these false ministers use to justify that false salvation by grace through faith only doctrine and teaching. Uh, this particular verse and a few others. Uh, you know, I, I was going to put, um, you know, a few others in or include a few a few others in. But, uh, you know, I felt that this was would be sufficient, but, you know, because it's basically pretty much all saying the same thing. But uh, it states here, knowing that a man is not justified by works of the law. But by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. All right. Now, you know, a lot a number of false ministers will take this particular verse and completely take it out of context and, and, and just emphasize this over and over, you know, but. Uh, totally disregard the other 99.999 percent of the Bible, which emphasize the absolute importance and necessity of good works uh, as a part of the Christian faith and to be considered righteous in the eyes of God. You know, works are equally as important as faith to be considered and a righteous individual in the eyes of God. And I hope to make that as plain as the nose on your face as we proceed. Uh, but again, this particular verse in Galatians 2.16 is what most of these false ministers use to justify that false doctrine and teaching. And let's go over that one more time. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Jesus Christ that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. Now, what what is being emphasized in this particular verse is uh, the, the, the law... The sacrificial law primarily uh, is not talking about the uh, the commandments. That's something that they uh, these false ministers take completely out of context. Uh, but you know, a number of these verses as in in, in, in scripture as it uh, relates to uh, the the you know the law being done away with. What Christ is emphasizing and what the Bible is emphasizing is the sacrificial law. Uh, is done away with. So no justification comes from the from the sacrificial law uh, because Christ became the sacrifice. All right? And when you study scripture, that becomes quite apparent and clear as day. Uh, but uh, again, this particular verse is a, a verse that these false ministers use to justify that false salvation by grace through faith only teaching. Now let's continue to Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. Uh, that they do good, that they be rich, rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate now Christ uh, Timothy rather is emphasizing the absolute importance of good works here and again this is something that is powerfully uh, communicated throughout the Word of God by Christ the Apostles uh, the Word of God as a whole you know uh, let's go over that one more time first Timothy 618 that they be that they do good you know in terms of good works that they be rich in good works ready to distribute or give uh, willing to communicate all right 
He's emphasizing the absolute necessity and importance of good works as a part of the Christian lifestyle and, and, and the Christian uh, the Christian faith, because that it ultimately the, the the faith in conjunction with the works uh, determine whether a man uh, or a woman is justified and deemed uh, right in the eyes of God, not just by faith only. You know, you can you can just have faith and you do not. You know, you can have faith and and and. And go through life doing evil and rebelling completely against the word of God. Does that make, does that make sense to you? Uh, you know, it's not consistent with the word of God. And again, it's based on, on gross biblical misinterpretation. Uh, something that's going to cost those false ministers dearly. Make no mistake about that. And let's continue. Chapter 3, verse 17. It says that a man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All right. Emphasis on good works again. Let's go over that one more time. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Emphasis on good works. The absolute importance and necessity of good works. Timothy is emphasizing. The perfection comes as in conjunction. It won't come any other way. Except it come by faith in conjunction with obedience to the commandments, the word of a God as a whole and good works. And those good works involve showing mercy, love, giving, helping, you know, uh, you know, everything that Christ did for the most part. He was the example. Now let's continue to Titus chapter one, verse 16. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient. Unto every good work reprobate. Now, Titus, Titus is emphasizing that the uh, the the uh, the wicked or the ungodly they profess that they know God, but how do they they deny Him? And how do they deny Him? In works they deny Him, being abominable and disobedient unto every good work reprobate. They deny Him by their works. And their works, it goes on to explain, of being abominable and disobedient unto every good work. They are reprobate. I mean, they don't have a clue as to what good works are. And, uh, you know, that's, you know, that that is, um, you know, you can attribute that, you know, much of that to the fact that they're being taught false doctrines to tell them that they're the only, that focus need only be faith. But as you see, the Bible's in, uh, uh, emphasizing good works over and over it's a message that's powerfully communicated throughout the bible and if you don't have those good works in the eyes of god you're not you're not justified if you don't have those good works in conjunction with the faith you're not justified in god's eyes and that, that will become clear as we proceed now let's continue uh, in titus chapter 2 verse 7 in all things showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine showing uncorruptness gravity sincerity now he's emphasizing once again Titus, another apostle. In all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works and doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity. In doctrine. What doctrine is that? God's doctrine. Christ, the doctrine that he gave Christ, which, which emphasizes uh, obedience to the commandments, the, 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 the holy days, and the word of God as a whole. That's the doctrine that he's talking about. All right. Now he's saying in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in conjunction with doctrine, 
showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity, which is love. And that's all of it in a nutshell there, you know. You know, the good works with the doctrine, with uncorruptness, meaning, you know, being not a corrupt or immoral individual, you know, living contrary to the word of God. Sincerity, which is love, that being a primary component, has been, it's clearly laid out here in Titus 2.7. You know, the Bible powerfully communicated, excuse me, communicated, communicates it in other verses as well. And let's continue. That become quite evident and apparent as we proceed the absolute necessity and importance of good works to be deemed and considered justified and righteous in the eyes of God. There's no getting away. No, there's no getting around it. Let's continue to Titus chapter two, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. Now, these particular people that God is talking about, they look to find ways to do good works. All right, and that's in conjunction with keeping the commandments and the word of God as a whole and faith as well. You know, you know, you can't be, you know, and, and, and you know, you can't be a person that's, that's deeply immersed in, in uh, perversions, you know, filthy behaviors, uh, you know, but you do a few good works, you know, periodically, you know, uh, and, 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 and think that that is going to justify you in the eyes of God. That is, that is not the case. And that is not what is. Uh, taught in the Word of God. That's not what's communicated in the Word of God. You know, it has to be all these things in conjunction with one another. Obedience to the commandments, the Word of God as a whole, which means walking morally, you know, right before God's eyes, keeping those commandments, the Word of God as a whole, showing love and, and mercy and faith in conjunction with that. That is what's being emphasized throughout the Word of God. And it will become even more clear and apparent as we proceed. Now, let's go over that one more time. Titus chapter 2, verse 14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. Zealous mean they're, they're, they're driven, they're, they're, they're uh, anxious, you know. They desire strongly to do good works. Let's continue. 3, verse 8. Now, this is a faithful saying, and these things will that... I will that though affirm constantly that they which have believed in God may be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. It is emphasizing here that the good works are good and profitable unto men. All right. Over and over. Good works, good works, good works, good works, good works. Like he's trying to pound it into, into your head. It becomes evident to anybody who, who desires to follow God's word and the teachings of the Bible that the, the, the absolute necessity and importance of good works. There's no getting around it. It's like he's pounding it in, in, into our heads as believers here. You know, you have to maintain good works, good works, good works, good works. You know, but these false line ministers teach you based on one or two verses in Scripture that they've taken completely out of context that good works are irrelevant, you know, having no ability to properly uh, interpret the Bible because most of them, 99.99% of them, uh, apply their own personal interpretation to the Bible and don't allow the Bible to interpret itself. You know, the Bible, no man can interpret the Bible. That is something you must understand. No man can interpret the Bible. If they try to interpret it of their own volition and by themselves, they will completely screw it up. That's why you have so many different uh, religions and beliefs 
you know, because these individuals, men, you know, uh, 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 different men developing their own interpretations of the Bible, which which um, drives them and motivates them to develop their own belief systems and doctrines, you know, because they're applying their own personal interpretation to the Bible. You do it that way, you will screw it up every time. The Bible will interpret itself and you have to allow it to do that. If you don't allow it to interpret itself, you will screw it up every time. That's a guarantee. Make no mistake about that. Now let's, let's, read, let's go over that again. This is a, that's Titus chapter 3 verse 8. This is a faithful saying and these things I will that thou that affirm constantly that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. What is good and profitable unto men? Good works. All right, now let's continue to James chapter 2, verse 14. James chapter 2, verse 14, as it states here, What, what doth, it, doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Say, well, if a man says he has faith and he don't have works, well, what, what, what good is it? Is faith going to save him if, if, if he doesn't have good works? If, if he doesn't have the obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole and the mercy and the love? You know, is faith alone going to save him? Well, he, he, go, he goes, he, you know, he, he uh, goes deeper into that. Uh, let's proceed to James chapter 2, verse 17. Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. All right. Well, faith without works is absolutely dead. It's like a car without an engine. You know. You try to try moving a car if the car don't have an engine in it. You'll be just sitting right there. You won't even be able to roll the windows down, you know, if it has power windows, you know, because the engine powers the whole car, you know, the windows and everything else, the the, the transmission, the engine powers all that, you know, without the engine, the, the car is not going anywhere. And without faith in conjunction with works, obedience to the commandments, the word of God is a whole good works and love mercy. It means nothing. It is dead. That is powerfully communicated by the word of God. Uh, verse 18. James chapter 2 verse 18 it says it states here yea a man may say though has faith and I have works show me thy faith without thy works and when I show I will show thee my faith by my works in this particular verse to put in this proper context uh, the works that it's speaking about here is to have the faith and to step out in belief that what you believe is going to come to pass now that that is what it's speaking about in terms of this works that works in this particular verse to put that in this proper context. And the other verses is speaking about works in terms of obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole. Uh, you know, so you know, different verses have to be put in their proper context. But this particular verse is speaking about having the faith and then stepping out in faith, believing that uh the 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 uh what you believe is gonna come to fruition. You know. But make no mistake about it, if you don't have that faith in conjunction with obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole, you can step out, believe in it all you want, you know. If you don't have that obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole, in conjunction with that faith, if you step out on something. I, re I recall years ago, uh, you know, at a job, you know, this guy was explaining to some of the his fellow employees, and I was one of them, that he's, he had gone to one of these rough neighborhoods. And he had been robbed, you know, and uh, and and he said that he, you know, he wouldn't uh, 
he's not going, you know, he, he, he he's kind of reluctant to go back over there, you know. He said, because I don't know what's going to happen, you know. So one guy told him, said, well, listen here, you know, just go back over there. Just have faith. And I, this guy wasn't living in, 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 in accordance with the word of God in any way, shape, or form, you know. Uh, and he would admit that. But he this guy told him, just go back over there and just have faith, you know. You know, have faith, you know, won't nothing happen to you. And I, t- and I immediately interrupted him and said, let me tell you something, you know, if you go back over there and I was just being straightforward and honest with him, you better be carrying you a 445 or a nine millimeter or something. Uh, you know, if you're not living in accordance with God's word, you go over there talking about having faith and you living contrary to the word of God, you know, and you believe in that God is going to be protecting you and fighting for you in a situation you're a complete fool because that is not consistent with the word of god now this man jumped in telling him something that is not consistent with the word of god something that obviously probably that he was told by a false minister himself you know so he jumps right in telling the guy to go back over there you know he's already been robbed once you know threatened with bodily harm and a few other things you know and he's telling him to go over there and have faith you know and i immediately told him you better go over there and you better have some protection you know if you go over there, you know, because if you are not living in accordance with the word of God and in and, and, and conjunction with that faith, that faith is dead. It means nothing, you know. So it's like you, you'll be walking into the lion's den with chunks of meat strapped to you, you know, walking into a, a lion's den of a f- full of hungry lions with big chunks of meat strapped to you. You know, that's what it amounts to, especially going over there with a lot of sums of money, you know, you know. And I, I had to, I had to correct that, you know, and the guy, he didn't, you know, he didn't, I had to let him know. I think if I'm not mistaken, I let him know, don't be, don't tell him that, you know, because that's not, that's not what the word of God teaches, you know, and you get this man in a whole lot of trouble, you know, and his blood may be on your hands. You know, you telling this man that you just go right back over there and have faith, you know, and not the, the man, not living in consistent, in accordance with the word of God, not following the commandments, not following the word of God as a whole. And you expect God to protect you. You know, God, God word clearly outlines, you know, uh, that uh, the individual, God doesn't hear those that, oh, the, the sinner, but God hears those that obey him. I think that's John 9, 31, if I'm not mistaken. So God hears those that obey him. And that obedience is in line with the keeping of God's commandments, the word of God as a whole, in conjunction with that faith, showing love and mercy, you know. And that's what, that's, that, that's how... That's how God uh, hears you, you know. And if you're not doing it that way, don't expect to be heard by God. And if you expect to be heard by God, if you, you, you're sinning blatantly and defiantly against God, you're a complete fool, you know. And it's as simple as that. You're stupid, you know. It's as simple as that, you know. You're going to do it the opposite, completely opposite of the way God says it must be done. And then you expect a positive response from God when you're doing it completely opposite of the way God said it must be done, you know, for him to even acknowledge you, you know. Yeah. He says you must obey him, you know, you know, for him to acknowledge you, you know. And that's consistent throughout the Bible, you know. You know, uh, you know with the incident with the guy who, um, who uh, there was an incident in the Bible where some guy, Rice, and he come across trying to cast out some demons, you know, and the, and the demon told him. The demon told him, um, you know, he goes trying to cast out the devil, not being of Christ, not a follower of Christ, not keeping the commandments of Christ, following the word of God, you know. Uh, and he was obviously, obviously, because at, at that time that false teaching was creeping in to the churches and everywhere else, you know, that faith 
just to focus on faith because these individuals completely misinterpreting the epistles of Paul, screwing Paul's epistles completely up. But this guy goes to the demon trying to cast the demon out and the demon said, wait a minute, Paul, I know. And, and I know, and, and I know, uh, uh, you know, the other, you know, apostles. I think he said, Paul, I know Jesus. I know he said, but well, who the heck are you? You know, and the gene, the, the, the demon, the man that the demon was in pounced on him and the Bible said it rent him sore and rent him sore I mean it just put a good uh, a serious whipping on him and they say he fleed out of the house bloodied and and, 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 and battered and his clothes ripped off of him so you know the you know God was not with him in that situation and God's word is clear about that if you don't follow God and, and God's commandments in his word you do not you will not fall under God's protection it's as simple as that you know and if you believe anything else, you're just a complete fool. If you believe contrary to the word of God, you feel like you want to do it your way. You know, uh, and the Bible clearly outlines a a, uh, a way of behavior, uh, you know, a, a, a biblical standard that needs to be adhered to, uh, to even be considered by God. You know, it's clearly outlined in the word of God. But you disregard that and you want you just you feel like, listen, I'm going to do it my way. And you want to test the waters, you go right ahead. But you'll be you're absolutely foolish to do it that way. And like I said, I remember I had to intervene and tell that guy, don't you go back over there. You know, you know, if you if you do plan to go back over there, you better make sure that you're armed and you have some type of protection. Because God is not going to protect you rebelling against his word, his commandments. You're not living in accordance with God's commandments in his word. You know that, you know. You know, and he wouldn't argue that point, you know. It's going over there with faith alone. Faith without works is dead. That is something that's clearly and powerfully outlined by the word of God. It's plain as the nose on your face, clearly outlined by the word of God. Now let's continue to James chapter 2 verse 20. Uh, well, I think 20. Yeah, James chapter uh, 2 verse 20 as it states here. But wilt thou know, O vain man. Now, uh... James is informing the individual, he's saying you're, you're full of vanity. You say because you think that work faith alone is sufficient. You said you, he said, don't you know, you vain man, you vain person, that faith without works is dead? You know, don't you understand that? You know, something that's clearly and powerfully communicated throughout the word of God. You see that yourself over and over and over and over again. Works, good works, good works, good works in conjunction with the faith is the message that the Bible is emphasizing and teaching. Faith with separate from works is dead. Works separate from faith is insignificant. That's what, is the, what it amounts to. Make no mistake about that. And let's continue to James chapter 2 verse 22. As it states here, seest though how faith wrought with works and by works with faith made perfect. Excuse me. And again, let's put that in that proper context. That's speaking about having that faith in conjunction with believing that the thing uh, that you have faith in will come to pass by you stepping out on it. But again, make no mistake about it and understand this thoroughly. That if you have that faith separate from obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole and think you're going to just step out having faith and, and faith alone, you know, separate from obedience. All right now all that's a part of that works right it all goes together it's like a big stew you know you know with the right ingredients which you know you know you know makes the, the stew perfect you know 
faith in conjunction with obedience to the commandments, those types of works, and faith in conjunction with obedience and commandments, believing that that thing that you hope for is going to manifest itself because you have that faith. Now that's how it happens. But if you have if you have empty, baseless faith based on nothing, you know, based uh, uh, on nothing, and you say, "Well, listen, I'm just going to have this faith alone and step out believing that this thing, this thing is going to happen," you know, good luck, you know, because according to the God's word, that type of faith is dead. All right. Now that if you have that faith in conjunction with obedience to the commandment and the word of God as a whole, and then you step out on that thing believing that it's going to take place. Now, that's powerful. That works. But that faith separate from obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole is like is dead. It means nothing. Now, let's continue. To James, ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. Again, a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Let's go over that one more time. You see then how that by works a man is justified or made right in the eyes of God, deemed justified and right in the eyes of God, and not by faith only. They have to be in conjunction with one another is what the Bible is emphasizing. Make no mistake about that. It is clearly and powerfully communicated throughout the word of God. Now, they'll take one or two verses in Scripture and completely twist that and take it out of context because they have no knowledge or understanding of God's word. You know, these are not learned ministers. A number of them get their get their uh, ordinations off the Internet. You know, a number of the a number of them get their ordinations off the Internet. They'll buy the certificate. You know, they'll give, hear a few verses that they've learned from other false ministers and they'll go out teaching that same false doctrine and those same false messages. You know, true ordination doesn't come from a piece of paper. It comes from a predestination. True apostles and prophets were predestined, preordained to be apostles and prophets. Like the Bible says, that, uh, as, as it is written in the prophets, they shall all be taught of God. And as, as, as it is emphasized in Romans chapter 8, verses um, uh, 29 to 32, if I'm not mistaken, somewhere along those lines, the Bible emphasizes that the uh, the, you know, God, them that God had uh, foreknew, uh, he predestined. And them that he predestined, he called. And them that he called, he justified. And them that he justified, he glorified. It's a process. All the apostles and prophets were predestined. God knew them before they were even born. That's the true ordination that's what true ordination comes from it can never come from a piece of paper and if it comes from a man it's not true ordination it is not true ordination true ordination comes from a predestination all prophets and apostles were predestined to be that and take jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5 for instance when god informed jeremiah that i knew you uh, before uh, you were uh, in your mother's womb, and I ordained you a prophet to the nations. And also Ephesians chapter uh, 1 verse 5. Ephesians 1 11 also, if I'm not mistaken. You know, so it, it is based on a predestination. True ordination can never, ever come from a piece of paper. And that is what the problem is with these false ministers. They get a piece of paper from the Internet or some man that ordains them, you know, ordination doesn't come from a man. Can No man can ordain another man, an apostle, a prophet. God makes that determination that is powerfully communicated uh, throughout the word of God. 
or something else, you know. Um, and, and, and the fact that they teach a false doctrine should be proof positive alone that they, they are not predestined, you know. You ain't even got the basics right. The absolute importance of keeping God's commandments with emphasis on the Sabbaths, which is from sunset Friday to sunset Saturday and, and the holy days. You ain't even got the doctrine right. You know, no man that is, uh, any man that is being led and, and has, has been predestined by Almighty God will have a thorough and complete understanding of these basics and the absolute importance of them. You know, if you ain't got the basics right, how can you ever uh, uh, think that you are uh, called of God, that you, you're taught by God? You're teaching a false doctrine. How can you be taught by God? God if God is teaching you, he's not going to have you teaching a false doctrine. You're not called by God. You're not God's ministers. These ministers are false ministers teaching false doctrines. All right. Predestined uh, ordination comes by predestination, period. That is something that is powerfully communicated in the word of God. It can it not come from a piece of paper or from the, uh, one man uh, or uh, ordaining another man. True ordination comes from almighty God, period. That is something else that is powerfully communicated by the word of God. Let's continue to James chapter 2, verse 26. It states here, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. All right? Faith without then. Something that's communicated and powerfully communicated over and over and over and over in the word of God. You're reading it for yourself. Don't believe me. Believe the word of God. Let's continue to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. As it states here, having your conversation honest among, all, among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against ye as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold or see, glorify God in the day of visitation. Now, how are they going to glorify God? And how they how are they are uh, 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 determining uh, that you are of God based on your good works. All right. Let's go over that one more time. First Peter, chapter two, verse 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold or which they shall witness or view or see glorify God in the day of visitation. Let's continue. First John chapter three, verse 12. Now, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one and slew his brother, wherefore slew he him because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Emphasis on good works once again. Emphasis on good works once again. Let's continue. Let's, let's go over that one more time. Not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother. Wherefore slew he him? Because his own works were evil. And and uh, Abel's, his brother's, was his, his works were righteous. That's the difference between evil works and good works. Which defined the character of the individual. All right. Cain was wicked because his works were evil. Abel was righteous because his works were righteous. Or his works were good. And let's continue to Revelation chapter 2 verse 2. Again, jot these scriptures down for these verses. Uh, down for future reference if you can't follow along. As it states here in Revelation 2, 2, I know thy works and thy labor. And this is Christ talking to the churches. 
I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil, and thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them liars. Now Christ is, is, is focused on something, something that is very important to Christ, Christ, and that he uses to determine whether these individuals are righteous in his eyes. And what is that? He, you know, it is clearly and powerfully uh, and precisely explained. He says, your works. He said, I'm watching your works. He says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not and has found them liars. Now, he's saying that, these, that there are certain individuals that are saying that they are apostles. And uh, Christ is saying that it's an error. Uh, I'm watching you. And he said, I like the fact that you've tried these individuals and tested them to see, to see if they are true apostles. And I found them to be false apostles and lies based on what? Their, their works and their obedience to the, to the doctrines of Christ. And that's how you determine it. You know, whether they're true apostles or prophets or whatever. You know, are they walking in, in conjunction with the doctrines of Christ? Are they showing good works? And, you know, if they following that doctrine, that is the foundation, you know, first you got to get that right. You know, the Bible tells you, you know, and John said, if a man does not have this doctrine, he does not have the father or the son. Second John chapter one, verses nine through 11. If a man don't have this doctrine. He don't have the father or the son. What doctrine is that? You know, I've covered that in the, the audio entitled, um, the importance of doctrine, and I go into more detail about that. And you can go to www.thetruthplainandsimple.info and go to the audios tab and download that audio. It's called uh, the importance of doctrine. Where I go into more detail about that, you know. Uh, but you have to follow that doctrine. You have to follow that doctrine, and without that doctrine, you don't have Christ or God. The Bible says you might think you have them, you know. You know, but thinking uh, and and believing something is one way, and it you know, and and, and but it's something completely different to it, to what it really is. I mean, you may think you have Christ and God, and a number of people do, you know, based on the false teachings that they've been taught, and they've embraced, and they really think they have God and Christ. You know, but the Bible tells you in Matthew seven that Christ, when Christ comes back, He's going to say, um, uh, you know, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. It's going to be many people come to Christ and say, Lord, Lord, have we not cast out demons in your name? You know, have we not done this? Have we not done that? And Christ going to say, get away from me. I never knew you, you workers of iniquity or, or the lawless is the way it's, it's defined in Scripture. Workers of lawlessness, meaning to transgress the law. You know, that is how God defines whether you, 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 you're for him or not, you know. You're transgressing his law, his commandments. You're lying, you're bearing false witness against your neighbor. You're getting murder, murder fornication, uh, sleeping and having sex outside of marriage, you know, you know, sleeping with other people's wives and, and husbands, you know, women in the, you know, in that case, women sleeping with other men's, men's husbands, you know, you know, that's, that's how God determines it, you know, and, and, and your obedience to the, the commandments and the word of God as a whole. That's how it determines whether you are righteous in his eyes. You know, it's simple. It's a simple process. And God keeps it simple that way, you know, it, you know, uh, and simple and basic, you know, but it states in, in second John chapter one, verse nine through 11, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the father and the son. 
All right. So if you don't have that doctrine, you don't have God or Christ according to God's word. You know, if he, when it's laid out bare and plain to people, they still won't believe it. You know, they'll still follow the false ministers and the false teachings of the false ministers because, you know, it, 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 it suits what they do. You know, you know, it tells them, listen, hey, don't worry about that. You just walk in faith. You know, you can lie. You can steal. You can bear false witness. You can be a sexual deviant. You know, just have faith. You know, you know, you want to have sex with men. You know, this is what they say. You know, just have faith. You want to have sex with men, being a man, go right ahead. You know, just have faith. You want to have sex with women, being a woman, go right ahead. It's okay. Just have faith, you know. Salvation by grace through faith is what it's, what it's about. It's a satanic lie that's going to result in the physical and spiritual destruction of multiple millions of clueless, conforming followers. Make no mistake about that, you know, because you, uh, you, 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 you will just... You know, if a man tells you something, most of these people, they'll embrace it wholeheartedly. And what it amounts to, what it really boils down to is the, that doctrine that they teach us, they teach rather, gives these people leeway to do what they want to do. You know, they say, well, listen, I can have my I can have my sexual perversions and have God too. I go, oh, man, that is great. You know, so they give these people, they'll give them false ministers in there and, and give them their money as well. You know, and they'll give them they'll listen to everything they got got to say, you know, because it's, it, it, it is in line with with the, the, the behavior, the lifestyle, you know, no matter how contrary to the word of God it is, you know, it, 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 it's in line with that, you know. So it tells them, listen, I can have this this rebellion. I can have this these perversions. I can I can lie. I can bear false witness. I can steal. I can slander. I can commit fornication. I can do all these things and have God too. Oh, man, this is excellent, you know. Yeah, I'm down with that. I'm with that, you know. You know, but, it, but, but believe in that, those false teachings, and following it and embracing it will result, most certainly, result in your spiritual and physical destruction when you are judged. That is something that is clearly and powerfully outlined by the Word of God. You know, uh, for more information on that, you can listen to the audio entitled, Are You a Hater of God? Uh, you can download it by going to www.thetruthplainandsimple.info. And I go into more detail about that. You know, God emphasizes over and over in his word that the hate of God is going to be destroyed. The wicked, the ungodly, the hate of God. All right. They're going to be destroyed. They're coming face to face with almighty God to give an account for all their wickedness. And they're going to answer for it. You know, God's word is clear about that. The word of God says that though hand join in hand, the wicked shall not be unpunished. And, and and numerous other verses in scripture that that uh, go that that confirm that you know God says He's going to deal with the wicked, the hate of God, you know, on a personal level. It's personal with God when you do all this wickedness. You know, God doesn't view it like you're doing that that sin against some some other individual. That's not God view. God views it that you're sinning and you're disrespecting Him. You know, to give you an example, uh, King David. Uh, it was an incident where King David had had, had slept with Bathsheba, uh, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. I think you can find that in, in, in Second Samuel chapter two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but uh, first to Second Samuel chapter two, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but he had slept with Uriah the Hittite's wife Bathsheba. He got her pregnant. So God sent Nathan the prophet to King David with a story. You know, and the story went like this. You know, I, I, you know, a man came into a, a town, and there was, there was a great king. You know, or no, I don't know if he said a he said not, not king. He said a wealthy man. He said a wealthy man had all types of lambs. You know, massive flocks. You know, 
and uh, a poor man came into town and the rich man with all the, 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 the lambs and the sheep and the goats, he took the poor man's one lamb that the poor man loved dearly and he killed it and dressed it and ate it and, you know, and uh, King David railed off, you know, uh, this man, whoever did this should be put to death. It's an outrage. And they're going to restore sevenfold what he took. This man is to going to be dealt with or do such a thing. He should be put to death is what I'm talking about. And, 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 and Nathan the prophet cut him off mid-sentence and said, Thus says the Lord God of hosts, you are the man. Why have you despised me and sinned against me by taking Uriah the Hittite's wife and sleeping with her? And when I've given you all types of wives. So God viewed the fact that he had did that as an affront to him. God said, why have you sinned against me? Now, this is how God takes it. God doesn't look at it like you sinned against somebody else. And that's serious in his own right, you know. And it is that uh, as well, you know. But ultimately, the way God views it is that you're disrespecting him and you're, you're sinning against him. And that's how that, that wickedness and that behavior and that, that rebellion is going and that defiant uh, behavior is going to be judged on a personal level when you stand before God. Make no mistake about that. Now, let's continue um, to Revelation chapter 2, verse 23. Revelation chapter 2, verse 23. And it states here, I will kill her children with death. And now let me put that in this proper context. That's speaking about the, 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 the coming uh, uh, spiritual and physical Babylon, uh, which is going to be the, the, the uh, false religious institution, the Catholic Church, uh, joined together with this powerful political, military, and economic force, the European Union. The German-led European Union, that you know, and all the all the wickedness and the murder and the death that that particular uh, uh, ten-nation combine is going to visit on on several other nations, and just all the wickedness, spiritual and physical, that they're going to do. Uh, and this is why God, this is what Christ is talking about when He's talking about killer children. He's talking about this that particular uh, uh, unholy union of church and state, the Catholic Church. Uh, Join with the, the the powerful economic and political military union uh, of the German-led European Union. This is what he's talking about, but to put it in this proper context. And he says here, and I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he which searches the reins and hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Now, what is, how is he going to repay you? He just told you. He's going to repay you according to your works. That's every one of us. That's what he's talking about. Everybody. He says, I will give unto every one of you, every one of you, according to your works. That's how you're going to be judged based on your works. All right. That is clearly and powerfully communicated throughout the word of God. There's something that's extremely important to Christ. All right. God as well. This is what God looks at. The works in conjunction with the faith. Obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole in conjunction with the faith. This is what God looks at. This is what Christ looks at. This is how they determine whether you're righteous in their eyes. Now, you can have faith all you want, you know, and you're living completely contrary to the word of God. You, you, you view the number of the disgusting. God, don't even, God won't even acknowledge your faith. You know, that faith means nothing. It means nothing. You know, have all the faith in the world, but you're living absolutely contrary to the, the commandments and the word of God as a whole. 
you know, and immersed in perversions, lies, slanders, abominable behavior. You know, faith means nothing to God. It's like it's like dead. You don't even acknowledge it. All right. And that is powerfully and clearly outlined by the word of God. Now, let's continue to Revelation 2.26. As it states here, he that overcometh and keepeth my works. What? He that overcometh and keepeth my works. What works are those? What Christ did when he was here. Kept the commandments. The word of God as a whole. Showed love and mercy. That is what he's talking about. Let's, get, let's go over that. Let's start from the beginning again. He that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. And it goes on to later saying he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Now that is the reward for those that do these things. Rulership with, with Christ, under Christ. But co-ruling with Christ. You know, and I go into more detail about that in the audio entitled uh, Lion of Judah, the Bloody and Violent Return of Jesus Christ. You can go to www.thetruthplainandsimple.info. Go to the top of the site and click audios and, and download that audio. As it states here again in Revelation 2.26, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works, works is what Christ is emphasizing again, the importance of them, and keepeth my works unto the end. To him will I give power over the nations. Let's continue to Revelation 3.2. As it states here, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now Christ is saying, uh, in one of these particular churches, He's saying, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. That's a problem with Christ. Your works, you don't have the right works, Christ is saying. And if you, because of that, you're ready to die. Those things are ready to die. And if they die, you're going to die. That's what what's being emphasized. He said, "You don't. I have not found thy works perfect. You got to have those perfect works. Obedience to the commandments, the word of God as a whole, love and mercy, in conjunction with all that. You know, well, then the the, the you know God uh, obedience to the commandments really is mercy because the the commandments are the law of love. You know, and that's an expression of love. Not to lie on your neighbor, not to bear false witness against someone, not to sleep with his wife, not to steal from him, not to murder him." You know, that is expression of love. God's law commandments is a law of love. And that's a part of it. But he, he expects us to take it even beyond that, you know, by showing mercy, giving, helping. You know, if you have if you see a person in need, you know, and they're starving or something, you have money, you feed that person. You help that individual. You know, and that's a part of it. Integral part of something that's clearly and powerfully outlined in the word of God as well. You know, he expects us to take it even beyond that. You know, above and beyond the call of duty is what Christ expects and what he delights in. And let's continue to Revelation 9.20. And the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Now, now he's saying that some individuals, uh, this is speaking about when God pours out his wrath on mankind as a whole. Excuse me, because of their blatant rebellion and defiance. Now he's talking about they didn't repent, you know, of their works, the works of their hands. And and what is he talking? He's talking about evil works. All right, the destruction and the plagues are coming upon them because of their evil works. All right, now as you as you uh, as we study scripture, you see that good works produce good reward, 
blessings, praise. Evil works have a consequence as well. Death, destruction, plague, suffering. Let's start from the beginning once again. And, and the rest of the men which were not killed by those plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands. And what, what did those works consist of? That they should not worship devils, worshiping devils. Eastern, that's going to be happening in these end times. Now it's happening right now with these, these cultists, these occult groups, the Illuminati and, the, uh, and, and other groups, you know, that are worshiping Satan for the most part, you know. It's happening right now. He said, and, and, and this destruction and these plagues are coming upon them because of that. He said, and they did, and it's happening because they didn't repent of their works, the works of their hands, which included worshiping devils, worshiping idols of gold and money and silk money. That's symbolic of uh, money and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. And let's continue to Revelation 14, 13. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, write. Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Now Christ is emphasizing that they're blessed. And why they're blessed? Because their works do follow them. They're going to be blessed because of their works. And what works are those? It's obvious, you know, as it's clearly outlined as the Bible interprets itself good works their good works are following them and because of that they're blessed all right he says he said they're blessed in death he said they're blessed in death because when they're resurrected they're going to be will be rewarded for those good works is what it amounts to and that's what it means and and, and christ views it the dead he's his servants he said they're just resting you know you know, they're, they're resting from their labors. They're sleeping because he's going to resurrect them back to life. And their good works are going to follow them. And those good works are going to be rewarded. Make no mistake about that. And let's continue to Revelation 20.12. As it states here, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. All right, now let's speaking about a, ma a resurrection here. And those resurrected being judged according to their works. And what standard are they going to be judged by? By the books. What books is he talking about here? The Bible. The Bible is a compilation of books. Jeremiah. Nehemiah. 1 John. 2 John. 3 John. Revelation. Corinthians. Mark, Matthew, Luke, John, Isaiah, Ezekiel. It's a, the Holy Bible is a compilation of books. And it's emphasizing here that these individuals are going to be judged by those books contained in the Bible as their behavior coincided or is in contrast to those books. And that's what it amounts to. It's, just, it's, it's simple as that. They're going to be judged according to their works. Emphasis on works once again. So important that you're going to be judged by those works. Now, if works were insignificant, you know, why would you be judged by them? If they meant nothing. If they meant nothing to God, why is he going to judge you by your works? You know, as these ministers teach you, teach you these false ministers, they say, well, listen, works are not 
important. Just have the faith. But if your works are important, why would God even judge you by your works? And those works are going to be de determined whether you acquitted or condemned. Make no mistake about that's fairly, uh, uh, further uh, confirmed and emphasized in, in St. John chapter 5, verse 28 and 29. Where it states, it states, marvel not at this. For all them that are in the grave shall hear his voice and come forth. Them that have done good to the resurrection of life. Those have done evil to the resurrection of death or damnation or destruction. If you do evil, you're going to be raised back to life to be destroyed. Plain and simple. It is, it's, it is further emphasized and confirmed by these other verses in scripture. Over and over by the word of God. If you do evil, you're going to be resurrected to be destroyed. If you do good, mercy is going to be shown to you. Clearly and powerfully outlined by the word of God. No getting around it. Now let's continue. Let's go over that again. Well, let's continue rather to Revelation 20:13. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works. According to what? To their works. You're going to be judged based on your works. Bad works, evil deeds produce destruction. It's clearly outlined by the word of God over and over and over and over again. Good works, love and mercy, obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole produce blessings and mercy. Acquittal. Something that's clearly and powerfully outlined by the word of God. Let's continue to Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me. To give every man according as his work shall be. Again, that's Revelation twenty-two twelve. Go over that one more time. Christ saying, Behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work sh uh, shall be. He's emphasizing that I'm going to reward every man according to his works. If you do evil, you're going to be repaid for that evil. And that evil it produces death by fire. And it's something that's powerfully communicated by the word of God. If you do good, mercy is going to be shown to you. Acquittal. Reward. Something that is clearly outlined by the word of God. Now, as you see, as the Bible and the absolute importance and necessity of works as an integral part of the Christian faith as in the, the Christian lifestyle, and to be viewed and deemed justified and righteous in the eyes of God works out an integral part of that, uh, the Christian faith. Without it, you don't. Uh, there's no way for you to even be deemed or, or viewed as righteous in the eyes of God. You're not justified in God's eyes uh, without uh, works, with faith alone. That is powerfully communicated by the Word of God. James chapter two twenty four, James chapter chapter two nineteen twenty. James 2.25, 2.26, James 2.18, James 2.20, James 2.22, James 2.17. How many verses in scripture do you need uh, to convince you the, of the absolute importance and necessity of good works to be deemed righteous in the eyes of God, to be viewed as justified in the eyes of God? Faith in conjunction with works. Obedience to the commandments, the word of God as a whole, showing love and mercy, 
is how God determines whether you're righteous in his eyes. Faith without works is dead. If you don't have that obedience to the commandments and the word of God as a whole, your faith means nothing to God. It means nothing. That is clearly and powerfully outlined by the word of God. The question is, who are you going to believe? Are you going to believe false line ministers to, you, to your destruction? Are you going to believe the word of God? Now, this is what's being emphasized in the word of God. You see that, how the Bible interprets itself over and over and over again. It is clearly justifying itself, confirming itself, and interpreting itself. The absolute necessity and importance of good works to be deemed or viewed as justified and righteous in the eyes of God. There's no getting around it. Don't believe me. Believe the word of God. My name is Donald Bohannon. Thanks for listening.